Welcome back to the Daily Hype Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pollard, and every week I am bringing you five episodes to help you up-level your life, grow your business, if that's for you, and see the world a little bit differently. We are so happy to have you here, so let's get this started, shall we? Guys, you have the absolute treat of enjoying my sister Jamie on the podcast today. Not only will you notice that we have basically the same voice, but we also have completely different stories. So when I went off to college and then moved to New York and worked in corporate America, in the fashion industry, my sister took a completely different route. She took life into her own hands and did what she felt was right for her. And she actually went on a really cool adventure of joining AmeriCorps, which she tells us about what that experience was like. She met John, her now husband, and traveled around the country when they lived in their van in what she will call the hashtag van life culture and call me out a little bit. (laughs) But van life was their lifestyle. That was how they lived for years and they cultivated a really strong following about this new way of living, this new way of seeing the world, and this new way to participate in kind of this idea of like global citizenship, right? So I think that her story is really interesting from that lens, but even more, she and her husband have been on their own trying to conceive journey. She shares with us how she has lost four children through miscarriage, and she now, as of just 10, or actually two weeks ago, has her precious baby boy with her now today. Her childbirth story is a doozy. Her trying to conceive journey is just something that I think is so brave for her to be sharing. So there, this is a rich story, guys. There's so much here, and I'm really excited for you to listen. Um, I'm really, really, really thankful that Jamie took the time away from actually like truly nursing on the podcast to join me and to talk about life. She's just such an open book, and anytime that people want to say that maybe she shouldn't be, I always want to step in and say, I think we all could learn something from her, and I hope you learn something from her today, too. Let me know how you like it, and if you listen to the end, you'll get a special treat. Okay, so this is the first on the podcast. In front of me, I am seeing a sleeping baby that looks like a fake doll. Mm-hmm. And I just watched him suckle at the teat of my podcast guest. Now, this might be inappropriate. I guess actually, it's not inappropriate to be breastfeeding. But no, you are my you are my sister, so free of the nipple, free it. Stop, stop censoring motherhood. Yeah, there you go. You fed your he. We said we said he was what two weeks today. Two weeks and an hour on the dot. Actually, six fifty two. Six fifty two. Oh, he was making really cute noises like a little baby. (laughs) Anyway, it's very crazy to see you as a mom in the best way. It's been a long time coming. It has. Yeah. We uh, have been practicing for a while. I feel like you've been (laughs) pregnant for four years straight. We were talking about that earlier. We were like, this pregnancy felt like it went on forever, but it was also really quick, but it seriously went on forever. It was such a long pregnancy. But then it's also like you've been pregnant a few times. So there's that. Um, But and there was just like a lot that happened throughout the pregnancy, too. So it just felt 
It was the long, you were pregnant for two and a half years, I'm convinced. I mean, if you factor in when we started trying to conceive, that's mildly accurate. (laughs) I know, but like this round. I mean, we can get into all the, there's so many things we're going to talk about, guys. We're going to talk about living in van life, which Jamie was doing for how how many years? Living in van life. What else would I say? Living (laughs) in a van? (laughs) Living in a van. Well, I mean, it's not wrong. You don't live in van life. Van life is a hashtag. Okay, well, living in hashtag van life. That's more accurate. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, he's smiling. Oh, he's like a bunny. (laughs) Got a cute little guy. (laughs) Um, So living in hashtag van life. Also... If you wanted to talk about it, you're trying to conceive journey because it's been mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Your precious rainbow baby that you've got here, who is such a perfect angel, it oh. is painful to look at him. Yeah, but like a good pain. Oh, a good pain. He's so cute. He's and then so also, cute. I guess we can and get And everyone's the... obsessed with his nose. Like even his no- his nose is pedi- the best part. <laughs> we had a pediatrician appointment today, and even she was like, oh, his little <laughs> it's a jamie nose for those Not of you at all. <laughs> okay we've got movement so there are some people that follow me and that listen to this podcast that know me or they know you and they know us really well first of all before we even dive into like we're sisters and things about us in case you're bringing people in or in case i'm bringing people in they don't know us we've always been hesitant about doing this podcast together yeah. because we have the same voice yeah you don't know who's talking yeah so like who is it unless you can like see a baby on my nipple (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think that we're different enough so maybe we should always start with ashley speaking so (laughs) we we would lose an audience so fast we need like someone else to moderate oh i heard a baby noise yeah yeah he's a spooky toy (laughs) <laughs> a squeaky toy oh my god that's so perfect it's so crazy there's like I, oh my gosh he's growing by the minute but all right anyway all things yes he he's almost seven pounds well that's nice because i told everyone he was seven pounds nine ounces when you gave birth so many <laughs> not people. at all if anybody asked if anybody is listening and asked me how big the baby was when jamie gave birth <clears throat> i lied directly to you on accident, but I will. I can admit it. He was something else. Okay, so anyway, let's dive into things. People have listened long enough, and they hate us. Okay, so, yeah. um, Jamie, <coughs> not COVID. No, we will get into why you have such a bad cough. But so you were born in 1990. How old are you? Are you turning 32 this year? No, I. <laughs> 29 last year remember my dirty 30 oh yeah that's right (laughs) schnurp and then i'm turning 33 okay so you and i always say that you and i are so confusing to me because i thought i aren't we in a almost in an hour aren't we a year and a half apart but you're always 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 been two and a half years apart okay but I have no idea how old I am. That's the thing. So it's like, I'm trying to figure out what my age is. Well, the month, I, I do know the month of your half birthday is my birth month and the birth half of 
Mine. <laughs> Mine. It's your birthday. Mine. Jamie, the easiest thing to say here is that we have each other's half birthdays as our birthday. Oh my God. This is the worst podcast episode I've ever done. And it's arguably the most interesting because <laughs> we're good. No, not yet though. We're going to get into so much <clears throat> wild shit. Guys, forgive us. Okay. Please hang, hang with us. <laughs> stay, stay with us. I always I say promise we're cool. You and I are the same person, but executed differently. And the reason that I say that is because I feel like we care about the same things and we like the same things as far as like generally, but executed differently because you cared about where you lived, which is why you lived in a, in a hashtag van life. And I cared about where I live, which is why I lived in New York. And you care about what you purchase and what you own, which is why you are a good and ethical eco-consumer of the planet. And you buy a lot of things when you can thrifted and with an eco-conscious centric behavior. And that's why I buy things that are abnormally expensive and serve no purpose. So <laughs> that is the difference <laughs> between you and I. Um but I also feel like we've got other similarities. Well, I think um, you and I are vastly different, yet also vastly similar in a sense where when we have something that we're passionate about, we go like full speed ahead and executing it. Like no matter how terrifying it may be to others, like you're like, I don't have a job and I don't know anyone. I'm going to move to New York. And everyone's like, what? You're crazy. And I'm like, I'm going to sell all of my belongings and my husband and I are going to quit our jobs and we're going to move into a van. And everyone's like, what? You can't do that. Yeah. And then you guys, the other thing that I was actually kind of thinking of today is that we both got into spheres that were kind of saturated before they were really saturated and did well in it because we came from an ethical perspective like you got into van life and weren't trying to rip everybody off right mm -hmm. you were genuinely trying to help i'm doing the same thing in my career online and i feel <laughs> like people are migrating to it just like people migrated to your website that child <laughs> we okay so we basically had the same life obviously we grew up in st louis we both went to private school the difference there is that I did all the right things and you covered the entire cafeteria of our high school in aluminum foil from top to bottom, every chair, every table, every wall, every window, every single object in the cafeteria was covered with aluminum foil. If there was a rule, I tried to break it. So we go to high school and then this is where we change, right? Because I go college route, sorority route, major, you know, get the what that, that whole thing right and then you you pursued the american dream um i pursued a debt-filled society induced utopia of right. lies but that's what they fed us was the american dream true and you said hold up wait a minute no i don't like debt <laughs> <laughs> like there's a funny thing about money i like to have it. i don't have it <laughs> <laughs> and i probably won't to pay this back so so instead you joined americorps and mm -hmm. in case people don't know what americorps is can you give us the down low um there's several different branches of americorps but americorps is a government-funded program the one that i specifically did is nccc the national community civilian corps and it's for 18 to 24 year olds. And you essentially travel around the country for 10 months working with different nonprofits, 
doing disaster relief, wildland firefighting, cleaning up after hurricanes, building houses, a lot of habitat for humanity work. Um, and yeah, you're on a team of like 10 people and like one of my projects, they threw us in the middle of nowhere, Maine, and we were in the woods and they were like, there's a park over there and a park over there, build a trail connecting the two. Yeah, you did uh, some weird things. I don't like saying weird. I feel like it's a cheap term. But you did some like crazy things as far as like, well, cool things, I should say. You built like a really beautiful garden in what part of New Jersey? Camden? Camden. Mm-hmm. And you went to Maryland. You went. Maryland is where our base was. Imagine like military, but not as strict. So our base was in Maryland. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then. Uh... Uh, I did a couple rounds in Louisiana, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans, uh, primarily building homes, and then went to build some homes in D.C. Um, built. Meanwhile, I'm like, let's do a cake stand, bro. Oh my god, anyone have another Smirnoff? Oh my god, pledge Greek letters. Yeah, that's pretty I much. I don't know what Greek life is like. You, <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Honestly, that was it. You nailed it. That was it. Um, but that's how you met John. Because I think some people that follow me are not necessarily sure of your story. Um, people are still like, when are they getting married? Or like one person that follows me was like, it's so cool that they had a baby, even though they're not getting married. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I was definitely maid of honor. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I don't Spoiler know where I was. Notes. I don't know where I was, but something happened. Yeah, spoiler alert, we've been together for over 10 years and this year we will be married for 7 years, I think. Also the amount of people that think you're my older sister. Really? Oh, yeah. I think mm. people are going to be shocked to hear that you're my younger sister. Wow. See, I get a lot of people thinking you're my brother, so (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Yeah. No, I mean, you just got knocked up first. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, which I don't think any of us are shocked about. (laughs) No, nobody. Nobody. People are like, "Where is your mom like pressuring you to have a baby?" And I was like, "Uh, no, I think everyone is the very, 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 very aware that Jamie was going to have a baby first. Yeah. Okay, so you meet John when? And actually, tell us the story because it's a funny story. Tell as um, much as you want of the story. So we, our base was literally middle of nowhere, Maryland. Um, uh, like basically, no one lived there. There was a bar that we could walk to. And, what was it called? Uh, the VU, Rendezvous. Yeah, the VU, yeah. Um, so you can, <clears throat> in AmeriCorps, you go out on a project for like, give or take a month or two, and then everyone comes back to base. And then you all go out on the project again, and then you all come back. So every time we would all come back, it was <clears throat> kind of like how I would assume college would be. And just like everyone partying, oh my God, I missed you. Let's get fucked up kind of thing. Can we cuss on this? Fuck yeah. Okay, let's get fucked up. And uh, <laughs> <clears throat> so every time we were in, it's called transition. So every time we were in transition, we would all go up to the bar. And um, John and I had like seen each other on base before, but we never communicated or anything. We were in 
So there's like different teams, different units, things like that. So we were totally different units, lived in totally different spaces <clears throat> on the base. Um, and so we really had no like situation that would have had us meet each other verbally or face to face. So we're at the bar and every time I've ever seen him, he was always like surrounded by people. Everyone was always laughing with him. He was always like smiling, having a great time. And I <clears throat> always had like an attraction to him or I guess uh, like a lust or whatever, cause I didn't know him, but I was always attracted to him. And so I was at a bar, at the bar, ordering beverages with your ID. <laughs> oh. Because I was 19. <laughs> well, that is a part of the story that is news to me. <laughs> Did I yeah, give that, you my ID? No, on your 21st birthday, mom was like, Ashley, you need to go act like you lost your ID because your sister needs to get into your dad's shows. Our dad was in a band. <laughs> So Ashley spent her 21st birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley spent her 21st birthday getting me a 21-year-old ID. I remember being so mad about that because I was like, you're asking me to break the law. Mm -hmm. like, so that I could drink. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> Go make an ID for Obviously. Your <laughs> um so yeah, I'm ordering a beverage. No one is at the bar. Um, except for me and then John walks up and orders beverages and I got like overwhelmed with butterflies but I remember being like this is your time to say something say something like just do it so I like it's so funny because like John can be so shy oh he's the shy one and I'm like the obnoxious one and, and yeah. you're the one who's like oh what am I gonna say to the shyest yeah. guy in the room <laughs> <laughs> I will say in AmeriCorps times, he was not the shyest guy in the room. He okay. like flourished, um, okay. was very extroverted. Um, and so I'm like flipping, it was karaoke night. So I'm like flipping through the karaoke book. And so I finally shout down to him and I'm like, are you going to do a song tonight? And it's like really loud. And he looks at me and he's like, what? And, and I just remember being like, oh, you look like an idiot. <laughs> um, Why did you say that? <laughs> yeah. So then he like slid down to me and I was like, are you going to do a song? And he was like, well, I'll do one if you do one with me. So then we got into a fight over which song to do because I wanted to do Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. And he wanted to do I Touch Myself by the Divinals. No. <laughs> so then we compromised and we both settled on Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen solid choice and then, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then um so then we signed up for it and we did bohemian rhapsody together and we hadn't really talked or anything didn't really know anything about each other but we did that and then we basically like made out the rest of the night <laughs> 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 sealed the deal <laughs> and the rest is history mm -hmm. and yeah, now you've been together for 10 years and now we have a living squeaky toy a living <laughs> your third squeaky toy besides the two furry doggies yeah i mean they have their own squeaky toys <laughs> <laughs> i know i know i know are you saying something about the picture <laughs> it's so cute <laughs> i feel like when this podcast comes out i have to show this picture because you guys <laughs> we're in a group chat and jamie's husband just <laughs> Like Jeff Sheamus, and he's so cute. 
John's John's baby wearing, so he's got a wrap on, and he's doing skin to skin. So all you see is like, you know how many words I don't understand that you just said. (laughs) Baby wearing is like when you have a piece of fabric and you wrap and you wear your baby. Okay. Um, by wrapping them up against your body, and then skin to skin is like when John is shirtless, or anyone really, but. John is shirtless and Seamus is shirtless and they are laying skin atop skin. Yeah, but it's it's not that that we're looking at. It's Seamus's face. With it's his- all of it though. Like there's <laughs> there's all this hair behind his face and then the wrap is covering his half of his face. You just see his mouth hanging open like a drunk. Yeah, he's cute. Okay, so you guys now have a baby. You guys, okay, well, here's the thing. Okay, hold on. So then you're long distance. Uh-huh, Yeah. So um, it's a 10-month program. You guys automatically are like, we're together. We love each other. No. Oh. No. That, this was Labor Day weekend. And after that, we all had like another project to go out on. And he was in Camden this time. And I was in Baton Rouge. And we tried to like keep in touch over the phone. And it was just so awkward. Like we huh. would have phone calls. of like, hey, how was your day? Good. How was your day? Good. <laughs> okay I guess I'll okay. talk to you later <laughs> like, <laughs> super awkward um so we didn't like keep in touch too well during that and then the year was over um did you think anything of it like were you thinking about him or were you like eh whatever it was just like a funny night that we were making out all night no I mean there were a couple other nights too that um we like kicked in stuff during transition and then the the next transition too we saw each other a couple times um, and is it, when you say transition that's when you go back to base yeah and and this last one was actually I don't know if it's technically transition because it was like the year is over you're getting ready for graduation things like that what <laughs> she was rolling her eyes for people who don't see this <laughs> well you're like well I don't know if it was technically transition it's like okay <laughs> I don't know. I'm just word vomiting. Okay, okay, remembering. okay. Fair. <clears throat> so, um, so it ended like right before Thanksgiving because it's a 10 month program, February to November. And I went back to St. Louis. He went back to Connecticut where he's from. And um, he signed up for another year in a promoted position. So an- another Uh, when you do the promoted position, it's an 11 month program. So he was going back in January and um, I was, I wasn't, I've always really been into writing letters. I wrote a bunch of AmeriCorps friends like letters for Christmas. And then um, he and I were texting once. And when I was back in St. Louis, I think around Christmas, maybe. And we were talking about like, oh, it'd be so cool if you like came and visited, um, not really thinking anything of it. And then he was like, yeah, what dates look good for you? Ah. And then we and then we started like looking into it. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, come on out. Let's see what happens. And this is Could you not- imagine if you were like, no, that's so weird. I can't do it. <gasps> Everything will be different. Are you frozen or are you just looking at me weird? I don't know if you can hear me, but you glitched. <laughs> I can hear you now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it literally, you went, oh, and then it froze like that. You're just like. 
No, I was saying, oh my God, everything would have changed. Oh yeah, totally. Um, so, so yeah, then we just like decided on a weekend and it was last weekend of January. No, what I said, and... actually, I forgot. What I said was like, what if you were like, no, don't come out. That's so awkward. That's when, that's what I said. Oh, um, well, what's interesting is there were other <laughs> AmeriCorps friends in general that were talking about coming to come visit too. Um, just on their own, just some girlfriends, guy friends, whoever. And so I do every once in a while think of like, what if I'm like, what if I was like, hey, maybe not like so-and-so is already coming to visit. We'll figure out another time or something. Could you imagine? <coughs> yeah. Like, I feel like you guys are just extensions of each other's bodies at this point because you guys are just like so intertwined into each other. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. We still don't know if that's healthy or not, but we like, well, we don't you know. Mind. It teeters. <laughs> <laughs> We're fine with it, so. Yeah. Okay, so then you guys, so he comes to visit, then you guys are long distance. Yeah, so it was that visit, and when he was here for that visit, probably like, I think it was the first day he was here, but we actually did like hold hands and things like that, even though before he came out, it was, it was as friends that he was coming out, but it was obviously like a, well, let's try this, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so then he flew back, and we were talking on the phone, I think that night, maybe a couple nights later, and we were like, fuck it, let's try this long distance thing. Wow. And yeah, and luckily I had just been in a really bad car accident that I got a settlement for, so I was able to afford many flights to visit. <laughs> <laughs> Other, otherwise, I don't know what would have happened. Yeah, thank God that <clears throat> that car accident. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Wait, you know what I just forgot? Okay, so he did you guys go to Asia after you lived together or before you lived together? After. So he moved to St. Louis. And at the end of 2011, and we went to Asia in 2012. Okay. About, wow. So he moved to St. Louis like a year after knowing you. Yeah. And he literally like got out of AmeriCorps, went home for Thanksgiving, packed up his car, and then he arrived like December 5th or something. He was like, I met her. She's in. I'm in. Yeah. Well, he was really nervous and he was like, I hope this works out kind of thing. And I was kind of in the same boat too. I remember having lunch with Kathleen, our aunt and, um, being like, what if I hate this guy? <laughs> you know, like I've yeah. never, other than AmeriCorps, like I've never lived outside of my parents with someone else kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, <laughs> you have lived outside of your parents. <laughs> house. <laughs> 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 stop laughing like that <laughs> okay so he that's kind of funny I don't think I understood how quickly that moved I probably was like barely talking to you because I was like so cool in college or something so yeah. or like thinking I was so cool your, your words <laughs> <laughs> okay um, so he moves to St. Louis yeah I was, I was gonna say I was like really stressed with Aunt Kathleen of like oh my god like what if I can't stand this guy or something and then like the second he arrived at my work to like pick up his set of keys um all the anxiety went away I was like so excited and I felt mm -hmm. relaxed and everything and I went home from work that day and there was a note on the door that was like I'm so glad that we don't have to do this long distance shit anymore like I love you so much I'm so excited that we're home together or something like that because we always made comments about like being together was home I love um, so 
it gets better. So I open the front door and there's rose oh my God, petals is this leading to the bedroom. <laughs> rose petals leading to the bedroom and the bedroom door is shut. And I open the door <laughs> and he's on the bed naked and he's got a champagne bottle and flowers between his legs. And he pops the champagne and the lights are off and he turns on a rotating disco ball. <laughs> lights are going everywhere. And he goes, welcome home, darling. <laughs> that is so good. That is rich. You're like, so are you like, what have I gotten myself into? Or are you like, oh, you're my favorite person on the planet? Yeah, I was like, this guy's it. <laughs> yeah. This is it. And that's in St. Louis. Yes. First apartment, like 400 square feet or something. And so then when did you guys go to Asia? Because you guys lived overseas for a while. I don't know if I would say lived overseas. You no, just it, it wasn't even a month. Um, it wasn't a month? Why did I feel like it was like three months? It was three weeks. Um, oh, there's a very barely... good I've stretched that to other people too. <laughs> All right. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no, not spoiler alert. Um, that's what happens when you have a bad memory you just like the story ends up changing and then you're like something <laughs> got mixed up here yeah so listeners note to self if Ashley tells you about me take the information and divide it by like 70 <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to check um, the source <laughs> yeah um but yeah no just because of our work and stuff we really wanted to like backpack backpack for months but we could not afford it I mean um, yeah we could barely afford this trip as is, but we were like, fuck it, let's do it. So we uh, we went and did Thailand, Vietnam, and Cambodia. And I think it was three and a half weeks. Okay. And then you come back to St. Louis, you're living in St. Louis. He gets a like boring ass job in finance. And mm -hmm. right? Eventually, yeah. He, uh, he started with a temp agency. So he worked at WashU for a bit, writing grants. But eventually he got a temp job at uh, a finance firm and then they really liked him. So they were like, hey, we want to hire you on not as a temp. Mm -hmm. And what were you doing? Oh, everything. I was waitressing. I was working at a store in the mall. I was babysitting. I was. What about uh, that place you volunteered at? Well, I worked at a nonprofit mm -hmm. um, in downtown St. Louis um with some really cool kids yeah those kids were cool yeah okay so you're in st louis john's family lives in connecticut mm -hmm. you guys say hey it would be so nice if our families were in the same place you guys should move to st louis and please not do at it. all what happened please move to st louis please move to st louis <clears throat> will you will you will you and so they were like fine we don't want to at all but since you're begging so much we'll move to st louis Okay, then, now take that and divide it by 70 people. <laughs> <laughs> that was a true embellishment, though. Um, but yeah, so his parents moved to St. Louis, and then you guys said, we're getting out of Dodge, Bye. we bought a van. <laughs> we're getting out of Dodge, we bought a van that we plan to live in. But that's also an interesting story. So before we even, first of all, why don't we do this? Do a little, like, what is van life for us? But also, I think it's interesting that you kind of dove into that, too. like just how I kind of like dove into New York and said, fuck it, I'm going to do it. That's yeah. like basically how you handled this. It was very quick. Um, so we were living in a house at the time. Well, OK, so van life is a hashtag 
and some would argue a lifestyle. Um, Why would you and, say some would argue it is a lifestyle? Okay, lifestyle, and I would argue it's just a trendy thing to do now. Mm. But um, it is when you have a vehicle that's not always van. Sometimes it's trucks or cars or RVs um, that you live in either part-time or full-time and you travel. You could stay at campgrounds. You could stay in middle of nowhere nature. You can camp on the street in the city somewhere. Um, so it's a, it, it's, it's a different thing for a lot of people. Uh, like if you're really into rock climbing, then it holds all your gear and it takes you where you want to climb. And then you have a place to camp for the night. For some people, it's a means to visit family. For some people, it's the most affordable way to live because housing is ridiculous in a lot of cities. Um, so it varies person to person, but essentially it's when your vehicle is your home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so van life questions. You get into van life, you sell all your things. Yeah. So we, we were living in a two-story house in the suburbs that you had bought that we had bought and we were talking about you know the next steps kids and we were like well before we want to have kids like we want to do we kept saying one last hurrah so what we were going to do is we were going to rent out our house furnished we were going to buy an suv and just like airbnb it and tent camp around the country for a year come back resume our former jobs and start start having kids yeah, <clears throat> like almost like put your life um, on hold instead of shifting mm-hmm. completely. Yeah, and we um, test drove a whole bunch of SUVs and we were like two days away from buying the one. We test drove it, we knew that we liked it. We found one at a price range that we wanted, blah, blah, blah. We were gonna go there on Saturday, it was Thursday or whatever. And my best friend texted me and was like, have you checked out hashtag van life on Instagram? And I had an Instagram, my personal Instagram, but I didn't use it at all. Um, and John is not a social and what media year guy. is this? This is 2016. I want to say 2016. I think this is like August 2016, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we... Uh, um, we start looking into that and we find like the accounts that were really big at the time on Instagram and we see what they're doing, which is hyper glamorized, let's be honest, um, but sold us. It was very attractive, mm-hmm. um, the way of living of just people in the middle of nowhere, people not around them. They're doing what they want to do, whether it's yoga or playing instruments, cooking around a fire and that's their Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and john's a handyman he loves building stuff um so we were like holy shit like this is a possibility and we we were on this like seesaw of like yes this is it this is what we want to do and then the other end of the spectrum of like you know we're not supposed to do this no one's doing this that we know this is scary what if it doesn't work out things like that and then finally we just decided fuck it let's do it um and instantly started looking for a van our dad's best friend, who is a very big vehicle nerd, helped us like narrow down what kind of van we wanted. It kind of made it sound like you were saying like yours and John's dad. Yeah, I know. When I said that, I was like, well, not John's dad. (laughs) Mine and (laughs) Ashley's dad. We have the same dad. Yeah, same dad. Um, Yeah, 
um, hashtag Eckert um, <laughs> helped us narrow down what kind of vehicle that we wanted. And we found one three hours away and it was at the higher end of our budget, but we drove out to look at it um, after haggling a little bit, if I remember correctly. And then we went out and, or no, we sent, oh my God, Jamie, this story. Okay, anyway, we got Just a van. get the fucking van. We got the van, okay? <laughs> like, we did we be- haggle with them before? <laughs> we haggle with them after? I love the haggling, Jamie. Tell this is on. not my forte. I'm a writer, not a speaker. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll push this along. All right, guys, we got her to tell us about the van. <laughs> so we, we bought the van. You can, DM, you can DM me if you want haggle details. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, we did get it for fifteen hundred though, which is a steal. What um, the van that you became famous in the van for? You got for fifteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why it pisses me off when people are like, "Oh my god, my van's so cheap! I got it for forty thousand dollars." And it's like, <laughs> 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 to be fair, your van did break down a lot. <laughs> not not the first year. We had like no issues at all the first year, and. And I'm not gonna lie too, like we beat that van up. Like we took it down mm-hmm. four by four roads and shit, and it's not a four by four vehicle. No, it's like a family ass van. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, like a van we had when we were kids. Yeah, exact van. <laughs> <laughs> um what is that kind actually, of van called? Conversion van. Okay, whatever. I thought it was a cool. Yeah, exact literally the exact van and that's what i kept telling john that too i was like john because he was like we just need like a regular cargo van and i'm like john you're a tall man you're gonna want something taller like we had one of these vans when i was gonna when i was a kid like it gives you extra head space there's cabinets up top trust me and and he was like no, no thing cargo van. <laughs> He's like it's just one thing i know you can hook up a, a nintendo to it <laughs> You're like, there's two things I know. Fans. <laughs> What's the other one? Let's hear it. I don't know. What's the other one? Birds. I do know birds. <laughs> Never thought I would say that, but I do. Okay, we have to get into the bird game at some point. Anyway, so, okay. great. Is this so still get- a bad podcast? <laughs> this is absolutely a bad podcast, but we're going to put <laughs> Okay, Amy, you have to realize I have stick six, with us. I have six things I want to talk about, and we're on and we're on two. one. We're on two. Okay, we're doing we great, still guys. Haven't bought the van. <laughs> no, we bought the van. Fifteen hundred. <laughs> All right, fill up your glass. We're still going, guys. <laughs> okay, so you buy the van. You start uh-huh. van life. You sell all your things. You're like, we're going to hit the road. But here's the interesting thing that you did that I thought was really smart. In my, So just so you know, in my business, when I'm talking to people, I always tell them to what I call Beyonce the process. And what that means is that when Beyonce did Coachella, she didn't just do Coachella. She hired an entire video crew to create a documentary of her creating Coachella. What was the behind the scenes like? Let's do all the choreography. Let's film how we came up with the creative direction and let's film Coachella. And then we turned it into a documentary. So what I always tell people to do is if you're going to sell a webinar, if you're going to do a this, if you're going to do a this, like document the process, sell the end goal, the end game and the process, because then you get two items out of the same thing. And you did that. You chronicled the entire van build from the very beginning. Like you, Beyonce, the 
fuck out of that process. I'm like, yeah, thank you. You're like me. <laughs> Meanwhile, our mom in the other room is going, I don't even know what Beyonce looks like. <laughs> she says that. Yeah. She goes, I know what JLo looks like. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So, but you did, you Beyonce the process. And what you did is you, cause you guys like emptied it out. You put in insulation, you put in, because here's the, okay. Common questions, right? How can you live in a van typically comes with like, isn't it going to get really cold? Isn't it going to get really hot? Do you, where do you pee? How do you shower? Mm-hmm. Standard van life questions. Yeah. So um, generally first we have a kitchen. Um, we carry our own water. We have solar panels on the roof. So we have power. Um, we have um, like a couch situation that turns into a queen size bed um all in the van and so for the typical questions like um heat and cold like a when you live in a van when we lived in a van for us we had a lot of flexibility of where we wanted to go and when we needed to be places etc oh so it's like don't go places when they're cold or really hot yeah yeah we just followed the good temperatures so like when it's like the peak of winter or summer like we learned this the first yeah, why didn't year we I thought th- that's so obvious. Like maybe don't go to the don't go to the Dakotas in January. Right. Yeah. Or do. I mean, some people do. It just depends on how you build out your van. You can winterize it. Um, but it was a very attractive yeah. visual I just got. Thanks. <laughs> um, she just got a nice shot of me cleaning my ear out. <laughs> um, so. One thing that we learned the first year is we naively assumed like, oh, when it's hot, go north. And that was entirely false. I mean, Washington and Montana were all on fire. Um, <laughs> so we learned, we learned don't go north, but do go up as an elevation. So ah. um, we would travel to places that were like seven to 10,000 feet up and it would be like 50 degrees when... Mm-hmm you know, an hour away where it's sea level, it would be like 110 degrees or something like that. Um, Interesting. So, yeah. And then in the wintertime, we had plenty of ways to keep ourselves warm. We have a heater, we have insulation, we have dogs that like cuddling. Right. We have a hot water bottle. We have uh, like wool base layers we would wear, um, like warm clothing in general. Okay. But like, Uh, where do you pee? Where do you shower? uh, So we would go to the bathroom outside um if we were like in a city and couldn't find a bathroom which is almost impossible go to a walmart gas station whatever but let's say we were camped out somewhere and couldn't just step outside and pop a squat then we have john would just pee directly into the sink and then we would clean it or i had like a yogurt container that i would pee into and then we would dump it in the sink <laughs> and then, uh, and so then, much more primal than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> um, and then, but uh, John and I, we really can't stand cities. Um, it really stresses us slash out. So we spend, huh? I said slash people. That too. <laughs> we have to get into a vehicle to go to our neighbor's house currently. <laughs> um, so uh, most of our time in the vans, we spent in the middle of nature somewhere with no one around us. So when we would go to the bathroom, we would either just like go outside and pee or we have a shovel. So we would like 
hike a little bit away from the van, dig a whole shit in it. I was going to say defecate. Period. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Cover it back up. Um, you know, I have a little travel bidet and and wipes and stuff like that that we would throw away on our way out. Showers. Um, showers. Showers. So honestly, we had a solar shower that we could shower anywhere on demand and we never used it. Really? Um, but yeah, but what we would do since a lot of our work is online and a lot of times like where we would camp was sketchy internet, then just every once in a while we would pay for a campground and that's where we would shower and we would have reliable internet. Mm -hmm. um, so we would do like, you know, the research stuff we would have all pulled up on our computer when we're in the middle of nowhere and we would research and write and research and write and then we'd get a campground and we would like publish edit, publish yeah so didn't you have a rain shower where it like collected rain and you could shower using that no nope. or is that just something that exists i don't think that's a thing <laughs> called a rain shower it attaches to the side of the van i've shown people that okay i'm not embellishing that one guys i mean bitch there's solar showers where you have water in a bag and you hang it up and the sun heats up the water and then you have like a nozzle, like a shower head. Okay. Which that we had, but we literally never used it ever, ever, ever over three years in the van. Road shower is what it's called. Yeah. Dustin and Naomi have one of those, it's like a black pipe. Yeah. The sun heats it up. It's pressurized. Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> How long were you in living in hashtag van life. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we moved. <laughs> we moved into the van April of 2017, and we got our property August of 2019. But we did plenty of traveling after we got the property. There were a couple of events and stuff that we went to. So I don't know what time you would say we technically moved out, but if it's when we got the property, then it was like almost three years, That's two and a half years on the road. Mm -hmm. What do you think like is the coolest thing about living in hashtag van life? Well, again, it depends on like the hows and whys of your situation. But for us specifically, I just like seeing places I never would have seen before. Um, whether it's something as simple as like the Grand Tetons or even like, you know, you wake up one morning and there's like four buffalo walking past the van or um, just all different kinds of shit that I would never, ever, ever What's the scariest seen. experience you had? Mm. So we were in Southern California. Oh, near, she knows. Mm -hmm, near an area called Bishop. It's big like a bouldering like rock climbing kind of area. Mm -hmm. And we like instantly hated being in Southern California because this was still when we had no man home on the back of our van and we had people blowing us up on Instagram of like, camp with you us, camp with us. Relatively famous in the van life space. Yeah, people knew us. Mm -hmm. um, and we had people blowing us up on Instagram of like, you just drove past me, I'm camping here, please camp with me and stuff. And we're like, oh my God, let's get far away from here. <laughs> so we and like nothing against them specifically we're just hermits yeah. <laughs> um so anytime we like see people and we're on a road 
where people are camping we're like let's go further let's go further let's go further because that's when we're more apt to be in the middle of nowhere so we're going down this road and it's going up a mountainside mm-hmm. where like john's driving he could look over and here's the edge of the mountain no guardrail or anything and it's getting kind of gnarly and then we hit a spot where it's like four by four vehicles only and it was very clear that we could not make it like you're like the vehicle would be like crawling over boulders and stuff not gonna happen and this was like barely wide enough to fit our van this way that we're driving so we couldn't turn around we had to back up we're literally at the like cliff's edge of a mountain and it was dark outside um it was nighttime so it was just one of those situations where i had to like get out of the vehicle and like help john back up all the way down this mountainside but I'm like hardcore freaking out I'm like we're gonna and it's like gnarly road too so he like goes backwards onto one boulder and like the whole van shifts like this and I'm like getting scared I know you're alive because I'm yeah (laughs) (laughs) I know but I'm like heavily freaking out I'm thinking of like I'm watching the van flip over down this mountainside there's dogs in the van I mean there's John too but Mm -hmm. um so I'm like like cry scream freaking out at one point john gets out of the van and like grabs me by the shoulders and he's like i need you to not freak the fuck out right now like i need you i need you here and like present or whatever i forgot exactly what he said but it was exactly what i needed where i was like oh shit okay yep you're right we need to get through this Uh and then i can freak out (laughs) um and we got down the mountainside but i did not i genuinely did not think we were gonna make it i mean i would have made it i was out of the van but But maybe not him. Yeah. So, okay. Is there any place that you're dying to go back to that you saw? Grand Tetons. Really? Probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Um, There was a camp spot on Lake Inez in Montana that we found. And it was basically like we had this whole lake to ourselves and just like surrounded by trees and stuff. We saw the eclipse there. Mm. Um, Grand Tetons is definitely the top of my list. Bishop. Any city, yeah, Bishop, <laughs> Southern <laughs> California in general. So you're obviously not living in a van anymore, you know. Right. Um, you did get pregnant in the van, though. Mm-hmm. And was that like, I'm not having this baby in a van, or were you like, I'm, I'll make it work? So yeah, that that was a whoa, well, wasn't expecting this pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember feeling really bad because when I got the pregnancy test, I was. Ex- I was always expecting me to take a pregnancy test and be like elated. And I took this pregnancy test and there was a big plus sign. And my immediate out loud reaction was fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I felt bad about that, but then I instantly got excited. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we were actually in St. Louis when I, we got the positive pregnancy test, but, and we were both fully convinced it was not going to be positive because mm-hmm. I had been like late before but yeah we that's when we were like well we feel like this sounds terrible but I I'm trying to remember like specifically which pregnancy that was that does kind of heartbreak my heart <laughs> um if I remember correctly this was after we had rented a spot for a month in Taos okay and um so once the reality hmm Taos, New Mexico. Taos, New Mexico. And once the reality was settling in, we were like, okay, well, we don't want to give, 
birth in a van and we weren't thinking of like buying anything necessarily but we were like we need like doctors and things like that like um we're not just gonna like squat in the middle of the woods all by ourselves and, <laughs> and figure it out Hope for the best <laughs> yeah um so then we started just like turning the wheels of like do we go to st louis do we go back to taos do we go somewhere else entirely right but almost as soon as the Is reality mom in Raleigh at this point yeah yeah mom moved to raleigh like 2017 we we hit the road and i think we were on the road for a week when we turned around and helped mom move to raleigh that's right okay but we were visiting mom in raleigh and we did have flags hinting that it was heading towards a miscarriage mm -hmm. it was like for those who know anything about being pregnant you have like these hormone levels called hcg and they double every day or something like that when you're pregnant my levels were not doubling um and so they put me on progesterone which is not proven to like do anything but it's one of those where it's like hopefully it helps so we were like ex like hoping for the best but trying to prepare for the worst kind of thing and we went to visit my mom right before the midwest fan life gathering our mom not mine and john's mom mine and ashley's mom <laughs> mama debs <laughs> mama debs and um we were with her it was 420 that we actually miscarried that pregnancy mm -hmm. how far along um, were you it was early it was like uh that one was i think nine weeks mm -hmm. I mean, um, nine weeks mm -hmm. but yeah um yeah and actually two years prior I had a miscarriage but we had no clue we were pregnant we had no clue it was a miscarriage and it wasn't until we ex we like knew we were experiencing a miscarriage that you were like that that's definitely what I went through yeah John and I were like holy shit this all rings bell <laughs> remember that really crazy period you had <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's so terrible I remember it being that being like really traumatic yeah it was rough um it was really rough, but I also think that like we turned towards like, in all honesty, like marijuana and stuff like that. So I don't think that we like deeply process it. It was like, well, shit. Mm -hmm. um, and then just scooted on like dove head first back into our work. We instantly had the Midwest fan life gathering. I was very public about our story on social media, which I think I used as like a distraction almost, but it also kind of helped too because I got connections with people from all over the world that are like oh my god you know this happened to me too and I like never read and stories about it I don't feel freaking midwest van life gathering being like congratulations and it's like oh yeah well <laughs> that actually isn't happening anymore it did happen <laughs> oh did it yeah um well actually not that year but the following year when we switched to the bigger property, that was another situation where we like got pregnant and the guy at the event um, was like, let me think now, my timeline's so fucked up. Um, maybe yeah. it was that year and he was like, hey, how's the pregnancy going? And it was like, Ooh. Like, maybe like, don't, maybe don't ask, huh? Yeah. Yeah, even like, uh, and the same guy too, like uh, maybe two months ago or something texted me and was like, 
hey, do you want to hop on a call and talk about like this year's Midwest Van Life Gathering? By the way, how's the twins? No. <laughs> it, was the, it was like, oh, Dan, you're so bad at this. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it's, it's not better, his fault. Better. It's not his fault at all. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay, so you get, you find out that you had obviously miscarried the first time because you go through what is very blatantly a miscarriage. And then you get pregnant how quickly after? So that was, let's see, we miscarried 420. And then after that, it was sort of in our head of like, we do want to start having kids. So it was that summer that we were like, let's try, let's start looking for a spot. And we knew the general area. 2019, 2018. 2018, I guess. Yeah, 2018, I guess. 2019, I don't know. Well, I really don't know. I think it's 2019. I think it was 2019 because last year was 2020 which was killian and then the one before that so it would have been 2019. yeah it was 2019. Such a morbid conversation yeah well reality what i'm, what I'm trying to say, i guess what we don't have to rehash all of the babies but you've been through the ringer it's what four um at this point we've lost four children yes but Okay, so then this past time, you get pregnant, you get pregnant with twins naturally, which I think everybody was shocked by. They're like, you naturally got pregnant with twins. Like, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. And you guys yep. repeated, and you're really excited, and you waited to tell everybody. You did wait, right? No. Oh, you didn't wait. Okay. <laughs> no. No, after being open about our losses and, like, how many people are like, thank you for being so upfront about all that. Because that's the bullshit of people waiting to tell is that they don't tell. It's shame. And, well, they don't tell until the second trimester in case they lose it. And then they don't want to deal with the baggage of, like, you know, people apologizing or not knowing how to talk about it or whatever. Um, and in my opinion, it's kind of bullshit because then you, like, not only are you going through this loss, but now you can't talk about that either because then right. you have to be like, oh, and we other people are, and people are like, I didn't even know you were pregnant. Mm. Right. So um, yeah. you get pregnant with twins in what would that have been like July? We found out um, in July, we had, all of my best friends were visiting us. Um, yeah, that's right, because you FaceTimed or something, or we did a Zoom call. It was July 12th, which was a Sunday, and they they arrived that Saturday, and the next morning I took a pregnancy test, and it was, like, my, my period was due, like, that Tuesday or something, but I was, like, too antsy. We were actively trying, mm-hmm. um, so I was like, I'm just going to take it, and it, it was, like, a really faint line, but we have learned in our years that, like, a faint line is positive. Like, mm-hmm. regardless of how strong or whatever um so yeah we got a positive pregnancy test and then I think it was a month later that we found out it was twins and then so then you find out that they're twin boys mm-hmm. and we name them she- what's Seamus's middle name Seamus Yonder Seamus Yonder and then Killian Hendricks Hendricks the best fucking name if i ever I have a boy can i please take that name no guys do you see what i'm dealing with it's such a good name i know it is and what's weird too is i did tell john when we 
got the test back or whatever that was like it's a boy or whatever um we were like okay well we have the names and I did tell him I was like are we sure we want to put names in them though because if we lose either of them then we lose the name Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so some people listening may not know. So you get pregnant with twins, and what ha- ended up happening, unfortunately, to everybody's heartbreak was that you got diagnosed with. Did you, do you get diagnosed though, or do the twins get diagnosed? They get the diagnosis. Okay, um, TTTS. TTTS SI TTTS is twin to twin transfusion syndrome. So one of the twins was taking too much nutrients from the placenta and the other one was not getting enough and Killian was not getting enough. He was considered the donor twin. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had SIUGR, which IUGR is very common, or not very common, but common in regular pregnancies. SIUGR just means it's twins or multiples. Oh, okay. Um, selective inner uterine growth restriction which basically means that he was like measuring much smaller and not getting enough. And then he also got diagnosed with severe TAPS, which is basically anemia. And I remember, okay, tell the story about like the snowstorm day. I want to say like two or three weeks. Yeah, that's fine. I want to say like two or three weeks prior to this, we got, Killian got diagnosed with a birth defect called uh, CDH, congenital diaphragmatic, wait, CDH. Yeah, congenital diaphragmatic hernia, um, which basically his diaphragm did not heal correctly or did not grow correctly. So he had half of his his diaphragm. So parts of his organs in his stomach were coming up to his chest. So he had like his his stomach and his chest. It was pushing his heart off to the side. Um, So we were in the process (laughs) of a like moving across the country to Florida because once we gave birth to the twins, Killian would instantly need surgery. And we have like the uh, um, resources and flexibility and privilege of going to the best. So we were like, let's go to the best, um, which was in Florida. Mm-hmm. So we were in the process of that. And we had another doctor appointment with our specialists who diagnosed the CDH and so we had like a follow-up <laughs> appointment with them and that was scheduled to be like, let's say it's a Tuesday in October and we had this huge snowstorm come through. And so we called them and, we're <coughs> and we, <coughs> sorry, we live an hour and a half from the doctor. Um, so it's not like down the road or anything. So right. we called them and we're like, hey, huge snowstorm. We're not going to make it. Can we reschedule to the following week? Um, and they're like, yeah, that's fine. So then they do. And then they called us back and they were like, Hey, the doctor really wants to see you. Like, can you please come in tomorrow? Um, and we were like, okay, like, I guess, I guess so. Like, hopefully everything, hopefully like the roads are okay. And this is in October. Yeah. And, uh, so the next day, luckily the roads were perfect, but that day that we were supposed to go down, we're not so at least we pushed it off a day mm-hmm. but we get down there and they do all these measurements and tests and everything checking out both the twins and that's when they were like hey it looks like he has this ttts possibly siugr maybe even taps uh we called this like very high up specialized like doctor up in denver and you need to get up there right now like we told we booked an appointment for you tomorrow or on Friday, and this was a Wednesday. 
Um, so they were like, you need to go up there tomorrow. Your appointment's on Friday. Um, You're like, what the fuck are you saying to me? Yeah, it was a lot to take in. Um, but it was also like, I won't speak for John, but I at least just jumped into like save mode. We just need to do the next thing. Yeah. Kind of mode. I don't even remember. Um, were we filled in on all of this? Yeah, we were while it was happening. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just don't remember, but okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was sending like epically long text messages trying okay, to explain yes, everything. Because okay, yeah. we were learning everything while we were explaining everything. Mm -hmm. um, like, it's not like we knew what TAPS was or anything. Well, and you're not far ish from Denver, I guess, ish. Not far ish. Yeah, it was like a four and a half hour drive or something. So you go up to Denver like same day? No, we went home that night um and packed up everything and we left like first thing in the morning were you showing at that point mm -hmm. okay so you drive up to denver you have this meeting with this high up specialist planned so what happens um it was a whole day of like testing and stuff i had like an hour and a half mri um had to also, do like echo. the day before your birthday well this was on my birthday this was your day birthday. of all yeah yeah my 30th not my 31st. <laughs> the, uh, I had an hour and a half MRI. I had to do an echocardiogram, which was basically monitoring Killian's heart, multiple ultrasounds. Um, I think that's about it. But it was a whole day of shit. We were at the hospital, I think, like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or something. Um, and, and then the and there was like a lot of hope going into it. Like, these are the doctors that's gonna save us kind of thing. And, um, you know, we, we knew like the procedure or procedures we might have to have to I like save Killian. From Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, totally. You knew more than I did. <laughs> I remember you called and I might've been with mom or maybe we were on the phone or something. And we were like, oh, yeah, that's the procedure that they did with Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, are you guys seriously fucking telling me that you know about this? Because of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, right. So they're like going over everything, teaching everything, telling you everything that they're going to be doing, whatever. Well, yeah. So the big doctor guy eventually comes in and it's, it's not like a here's your options really it's it's really just like it's not good no matter what we do he's not going to make it so here's the procedure we can do to save Seamus because if we were to have lost Killian with zero intervention his like in utero death would have like sent all these toxins to the placenta which then Seamus would consume and right. he would either have like severe neurological effects or he himself would die also. Right. So it was basically like um, do nothing and probably lose both or do this one thing and lose Killian. But either way, we're not, we're losing Killian either way. Right. Which is so traumatic. Yeah, um, it was intense. And so you had surgery. And they, mm -hmm. and this is what the fucked up thing, if you would be open to talking about it, is that in essence, you had to sign a paper that said you were basically having an abortion. An abortion. Mm -hmm. And that your procedure to save Seamus's life would be illegal in other states. 
yeah, we, I've actually connected with moms who live in other states who have had to like leave their state. Like we, we left our state and went to another state because they had better medical yeah. help. But there are like parents out there who have had to go to other states because uh, they were past whatever the legalities were and they legally could not do the procedure in their state. Even though it saves the other baby. Yeah. Yeah, because of how it's made, so, there's so much gray area. Yeah, yeah, I get really fired up. Like I've always, I feel like I've always been like pro-choice, but it gets me fired up on a different level now because I have like experience of um, signing paperwork that saves your son. Your son. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of the terminology and stuff it goes hand in hand with our experience, and people don't look at it that way. They want to look at the blanket statements or whatever of like an elective situation well technically we had other options and we elected to do this one so yeah well more passionate about it well yeah as and honestly i think that's something that anyone and here's the thing i'm not going to say that if you believe in pro-life you're wrong i'm not going to tell anybody that their belief is wrong because like you want to fucking tell me i'm wrong we'll go at it right so like i'm not going <laughs> to sit here and tell someone that they're wrong i would say it just kind of challenges the belief of like, but we can still take a look at like, what is allowed here because you truly saved a life. The reason mm-hmm. I saw your son suckling at your teat on my fucking podcast <laughs> is because you signed that paper, an elective abortion procedure. And that was on your birthday, which is terrible because that's now two birthdays in a row that you have lost a child. Yeah, the pre- the previous birthday was our third miscarriage so now you know you're finally pregnant and Mm -hmm. again and further along than ever and twins which is exciting but then you lose Killian which was sad for everybody obviously it's horrendous and a thing to add for listeners who don't know um we did not remove Killian because of how they were and how far like they shared a placenta and if we removed one we would have to remove both and this was 19 weeks so Seamus would not have lived outside of the womb Killian yeah, was is interesting to me like why wouldn't they remove Killian um because because they would have to remove Seamus also and he wasn't viable yeah. um 24 weeks is like barely where you start to become viable Mm-hmm. Um, and even that's a stretch, but, and Killian was in his own sack though. So they did not share a sack. So since he was in his own sack, there was less likely of like risk of like infection spreading or anything like sure. that. Um, so, well, and wasn't yeah. there something interesting too, about the color red, because wasn't there like a color that was assigned to him and you were like, I feel like he's red though, or something like that. Yeah. One of our cousins um we reached out to because they are wicca and we asked like what one of yours and john's cousins one of mine and john's cousins <laughs> <laughs> i mean one could argue that's an accurate statement since we're I, honestly while i was saying it i was like well i mean i guess that could happen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but we wanted to do some sort of like ceremony once we got back from colorado um but we didn't want to do we didn't have an idea of what that was. And we know that Wicca is very like earth focused and stuff. So we reached out to them 
and asked for their insight. And the first thing they said was like, what is his aura? And without discussing between each other um, of like, what is his aura? John and I both like openly were like, I feel like it's red. Um, and even, even said cousin was like, I have a feeling it's red after we said that. And another cousin was also like, um, I, uh, she said that she was making something for the boys and Killian's part of it was red that she was, and like, didn't know that, that mm -hmm. we were all talking about red. It just happened to be that way. Mm -hmm. So now we all have our red candles mm -hmm. that we light for Killian. Mm -hmm. And just in remembrance, because he sacrificed his life for his brother. Okay. And then you carried on for the rest of the pregnancy. I mean, the rest of the pregnancy went pretty swimmingly as far as like you were healthy, baby was healthy. Um, you were feeling normal, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of any like super big red flags. There was like a slight risk for preeclampsia at the end there because my blood pressure was going up a little bit, but it never happened. So that's good. And it was important to you to have a home birth. Yes. And you live in Taos, which in my realm of the world is the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so technically we live in Taos County, but we live, oh, also technically we live an hour from Taos. So right. Taos is pretty remote. And then we live an hour from that. <laughs> <laughs> like Taos, <laughs> the actual city is remote. And then you live an hour away from Taos. <laughs> <laughs> So how far away is a hospital? Like just under an hour. Okay. And there was a little bit of a concern because it was like, we want to, you might have to go to the hot, go to like a hotel. If it looks like you might be having twin or having Seamus early because twins come early. So there was a little bit of an expectation. What are, what, what's happening? You, you said hotel. Well, I will no, I meant to say that. Thank you. Oh. Why don't you go to a hotel? Well, someone said to you that you might want to get a hotel near a NICU around end of February. Oh, I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, what she's saying, since it was a twin pregnancy, twin pregnancies you typically deliver earlier and need NICU time. Um, and everyone was saying, like, we're on that fence of like, yes, it's still kind of a twin pregnancy, but it's also kind of a singleton now, mm -hmm. which apparently is the terminology for a one baby pregnancy. A singleton? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> so you passed that mark, you had to hit this, I, there was like a day-to-day -day countdown of when you could have mm -hmm. a home birth. You just like wanted to push a ba baby out of your vag in that tub. Like you were dead mm -hmm. set, didn't want to be separated from the Give dogs. All the pain. I mean, honestly, the dogs were the biggest drive. I was like, I want them. Are there. you serious though? <laughs> well, like they're they're very they're like unofficial emotional support dogs. A and B. I was heavily convinced that like them being involved in it would help the transition of versus like John and I being gone for three days and coming back and being like, look, a baby. I mean, it probably honestly did help. Nymeria was watching the whole fucking time, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, we had to take a minute of a break because Mama Deb's gremlin walked into the conversation like a freaking zombie. She just stood in the corner staring at me. <laughs> in a dark room. 
<laughs> okay, so you, where are we at? So you are able to give birth at home. So when you have a home birth, how does that even happen? Because I would say that like, oh yeah, so she like gave birth in this tub and people, someone was like, how do you give birth in a bathtub? And I'm like, oh, you don't. It's like a full birthing tub with handles and everything. Yeah, I mean, you can give birth in a bathtub. A lot of people do. But we oh. bought a, a tub specifically called a birth tub. Um, but yeah, we have, it's, it's actually very common out here. Um, it's a very crunchy like natural minded yeah crunchy um living situation out in taos i mean there's both there's hyper medicalized and um super crunchy and in between right um kind of like our family <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> um so so yeah we have a midwife who is basically our nurse slash doctor throughout all of this I did work with my OB all the way leading up to this. He gave me the green light. He said that he would be happy to be our backup if need be. Um, so no one was telling us like, don't do this. Um, and um, yeah, so we had a midwife. She gave us like a whole printout sheet of things we should buy in advance. Um, so like the tub, have a bunch of towels, have Chuck's pads, which are basically look just like um puppy pee pads oh okay and that they would have sent and we had like a whole box of them and they would essentially like follow me around the house of like oh she's gonna sit over here sit on the chucks pad so that in case any like blood or anything comes out then it's on the chucks pad um that's so funny okay um so yeah we had like our supplies list of things to get and then we had appointments with her just as we did with our OB, just as we did with the specialist in Santa Fe, like near the end there, we had like three appointments a week almost. Um, and, um, but, but she's like certified by the state and medically trained. Like she showed up with oxygen tanks. She knows how to, like she would administer IVs and Pitocin. Right. Yeah, you basically have somebody medically inept there mm -hmm. you had one or two midwives uh it was her and then a midwife slash doula who's her assistant and then you also randomly had a journalist there yes not very um, randomly i guess it's not like a journalist was like can i come <laughs> like <this. laughs> yeah. but she found and you on instagram and decided to like chronicle your pregnancy basically yeah, she wanted, she was already doing a story on like pregnancy during a pandemic, um, but she found our story and also wanted to do a story just normalizing conversations around uh, pregnancy loss. Mm. And so she reached out and she was like, would you guys be open to this? So sh she's been following us since maybe week like 30 give or mm -hmm. take and she's she's like come out and taken photos of us like packing our hospital bag and setting up the house and installing the car seat and just like very very typical baby prep stuff kind of mundane but it all tells like our story also yeah yeah so she's there mm -hmm. they're there and then the assistant you, doesn't get there till way later but yeah yeah you were in it's not active labor you were in early labor for what 20 like six hours or something no <laughs> two days 
Um, so it was half that time. <laughs> so, so other people might be like 13 hours. Yeah. So either right. double or half. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it varies. Just don't don't trust the specifics. <laughs> I was in early labor for a long time. That's what you know. <laughs> Just understand the gist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and it was really interesting. So since we lost Killian, we've been meeting with a counselor. And um, we had an appointment with her on Monday, March 8th. And we were telling her that we didn't want to wait till 40 weeks to deliver Seamus because the specialist had sort of scared us of like what the procedure we had and everything, like the placenta could get exhausted. And, um, you know, you don't want him to carry too long. And so we were like, that's kind of stressing us out. Like we want him to arrive a little bit earlier um, so that we don't even have to worry about that concern and and like we're really excited for him and ready but we're also kind of freaked out about being parents and what's next why are you looking at me like that I'm trying not to laugh why <laughs> this is one thing I can think of <laughs> because you told me about the counselor all I can think is, is it that guy? Jim Dixon? <laughs> Jimmy High. <laughs> do it again, do it again. Okay, so the reason I'm laughing so hard is because Jimmy has this like Chinese herbal medicine doctor who- He's I, a white dude, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Chinese medicine though. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, his name's Jim Dixon. But his voice smells to you so funny. We do it's it always the, whether it's a voicemail or him picking up the phone or anything, this is always how every single conversation goes. It always goes, Jamie, hi, it's Jim Dixon. Anyway. Anyway. That's Jamie, voicemails, hi. that's him answering the phone, that's me answering the phone when he calls. <laughs> he would play voicemail after voicemail, and it's just, Jamie, hi, it's Jim Dixon. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> we got, I got way too tickled by that over Christmas. When you were laughing, I knew exactly that's what you were laughing about. <laughs> Well, like this like, bitch is thinking about Jim right now. Our counselor, and I was like, "Oh my god, please tell me it's Jim Dixon." He's not a okay. Counselor. You're talking to your counselor, and you're like, "We have feelings about this," and yeah, we're excited, we're nervous, blah blah blah. Yeah, we don't want him to come too late. We want him to come kind of nowish. And um, she was like, "Well, kind of like a obscure idea but you know what if you guys tell him that like have a conversation with him tell him your fears tell him your excitements tell him you're ready so we finished our counseling session and uh did that and it was really emotional we were like crying and stuff and well because wasn't um, part of it like you can leave your brother no that's it that's you're jumping ahead (laughs) oh my god i'm ruining this okay yeah spoiler alert (laughs) okay well anyway so you tell him it's okay to come oh no (laughs) okay anyway Anyway. (laughs) so we tell him that we're excited and we're nervous and like you you uh yeah I guess essentially you don't have to wait we're ready for you you can come now um and 
And so we have that conversation. And then just a couple hours later, I lost my mucus plug and contractions started beginning. Never say mucus plug on my, you can say any curse, never say that again. There's a lot of terminology that I'm like, that's what you came up with? Really? Like, I would rather you say like, or bloody show than mucus plug. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Anyway. anyway. (laughs) So, (laughs) so that happened and contractions started beginning and then um, we went grocery shopping. (laughs) Okay, I missed that part of the conversation. You <laughs> did not tell us that part. Yeah, and keep in mind we live an hour from town, so it was <laughs> it was like okay, well if we're gonna go into labor, like should probably get some ice cream and stuff. <laughs> so we jumped into town, and I just remember walking around the grocery store, like having occasional contractions, being like, "These motherfuckers have no clue I'm in labor right now." <laughs> well, it's also like, "Hey, any guy who's ever had a cold." <laughs> I'm in the grocery store in labor. Yeah. Yeah. I have a baby coming down my birth canal. Yeah. What are you doing, Chad? Okay. So you are in the grocery store. You get your ice cream. You go home Mm -hmm. and you're waiting and you're waiting. It's taking you a long time. The people leave. They come back. They haven't come out yet. Give me what? Where are we in the story? This is Monday, and then Tuesday, I'm still laboring all day long. And then Tuesday turns into Wednesday, 4 a.m., they come out. Okay. Things start picking up a bit. Okay. And they're they're at the house till noon. So things are picking up immensely. But then around, like, somewhere between 10 and noon, things kind of, like, plateau a bit. And, like, Mm -hmm. they're still happening, but they're not progressing. Mm -hmm. So our midwife is like, we're going to give you guys some space how about we're gonna we're gonna leave like entirely like get in our vehicles and leave um and if things get more intense like shoot me a text and and let me know and we'll come back this is what i was saying though jamie they left and then they came back just so we're clear okay keep going yeah but we weren't you were we were on monday this is wednesday we don't care about monday and tuesday get to the good shit okay (laughs) we want thursday we signed up for the good stuff Wednesday. Thursday. Wednesday. Wednesday. We want Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> I was like, Thursday's a whole other ball game. Yeah, bitch. we know. We're not ready for Thursday. <laughs> um, so we they leave and um she recommends that I lay down in bed with my legs between this peanut ball, which is this huge like imagine Mr. Peanut. Um but well, let me guess it, like a ball. Yeah, but it's huge. It's like um, like straddling a horse almost. And so I'm just laying on my side with this between my legs. And she texts me and my midwife texts me and is like, we always joke about like wooey things. Um, um, another word for crunchy, I guess. Yeah. And she was like, I know that this sounds wooey, but maybe consider talking to Seamus and tell him that it's okay. Um it's okay to come out uh it's okay to leave Killian that Killian's coming out with him mm-hmm. and that he's not leaving Killian behind mm-hmm. um so she recommended we do that she also recommended some nipple stimulation which helps get contractions going along so we sort of took both advice um <laughs> but, 
You're like, it worked. Also, I stimulated my nipples. <laughs> yeah. But we did have this like super emotional conversation with Seamus. Um, because it wasn't it was emotional on many levels of like just this visualization of Seamus leaving Killian or the turmoil of that or whatever. And then also the emotions of like what this means if this progresses it means we're gonna have a fucking baby mm-hmm. and then like also we're about to meet Killian if this progresses mm-hmm. things like that um so it was it was super emotional we were like sobbing um and then it was like so instantly I had this gigantic contraction like holy shit John push on my back I need to breathe through this what the fuck and as soon as that finished, I had another one and I had five of them in a row with no break. Oh, wow. And and it was like, text the midwife <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and it was so intense that like the last one like kicked me into like throwing up, um, which sort of I like know that. Mm-hmm. It was it was a very light situation and very common, but it sort of like kicked me back to like every miscarriage I've had before of like when I've had miscarriages, anytime my body's like expelling, it's like this overall push. Mm -hmm. And I always threw up during a miscarriage. And so like, once I threw up, that's when I was like, oh my God, shit's happening. You're like, wait, things are going to come out. Yeah. (laughs) This is always what happens. (laughs) Yeah. I know this. I know this world. Yeah. Um, So yeah. So you get in the tub. You don't even push that long. Um, so yeah, so this started and we, this is considered active labor now. So we were in active labor for three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were in the tub for most of the part. At one point we went to the bathroom for me to sit on the toilet and sort of let gravity help. And then eventually after that, she checked me and I think I was like nine centimeters and I, she had me lay on the bed and she asked my permission for her to break my water. And I was like, yes, please. Like I want to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I gave her permission to make my water, uh, which was like a huge gush, <laughs> um, all over the Chuck's pads. And, <laughs> and then um, we went back to the tub and basically finished off there. It was 20 minutes of pushing. I don't know how many pushes, but 20 minutes of pushing. 20 minutes sounds so fast to me, but there's no yeah. way it felt fast. Um, well, yeah, it's one of those things where in the moment it, no, even in the moment, it did feel really, really fast. And you did um, it with no medicine. Correct. Would you recommend um, it? I would. Um, it was just really intense. I, I don't think you ever know what you're getting into if you've never given birth before. Right. Um, cause I absolutely, I mean, I had like a general idea, but that was not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was way more intense than I was expecting, but I also was trying not to have many expectations either. Cause I knew I didn't know what I was getting into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if it interests you, then I do recommend it. There is a lot of like positive health sides of things of doing it unmedicated for you and the baby. Um, so then, and and then really you have wild. your precious little baby. Yeah, I was going to say during the pushing, it was really wild at one point because we're like pushing, pushing, and everyone talks about this ring of fire where like your whole vagina is just burning, which is basically when they're crowning. <clears throat> and I was just like, is this the ring of fire? And they're like, yes, keep pushing. And, and I'm like freaking out, but pushing. And then it's like a break in between pushing. And she like grabs my hand and John's hand and like shoves it underwater and like, 
we but she like puts it on Seamus we feel the top of his head and all of his hair and stuff and it was like oh my god <laughs> like what the fuck is happening yeah, kind of <laughs> yeah John was even like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh my god this is so weird this is so weird yeah because yeah, for people who don't have visuals John was sitting behind me in the tub so he couldn't really like see much yeah 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 well because the belly <laughs> Yeah. Um. Okay, and then you have your baby, and then we have precious little Shane. And there's a baby sitting on my belly. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, Covered with Nymeria, your dog, sitting over your shoulder, watching every step of the way. Yeah, yeah. She was very like. She there's one photo. I don't know if I've shared it with you that someone took where her eyes are so wide. Like yeah, what she's the like fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good picture. <laughs> um. And that's when we got a text. So that what I always tell people, because some people know the story, is mm-hmm. that you guys were, you do very much like your space, which I get. And me, mom, his parents, like we're invasive people. Like we are like, <laughs> we want to be FaceTiming you every 10 minutes. Like send us a picture every hour. What are you doing? What can we do? Like we're all annoying people for sure and super invasive. So <clears throat> I think you were smart in knowing that if you're people who want space, if you're people who want to do things your own way, you wanted to just lay that boundary of like, <clears throat> by the way, when we give birth, you will get a picture and then we're done. Like we want this time alone. And you didn't say it rudely. Like I don't want anyone to think that you were being like dickheads about it. But you very much were like, <clears throat> we want a month alone. We want the night, the day alone, whenever that happens. But you will get we'll a picture. We'll reach out to you. Yeah, yeah. So we got that picture where it was like, he's here, that's it. And everything's perfect. Everything's perfect. And so we like were great, cool, didn't bug you. We all four get on a FaceTime and we're like celebrating and we're having beverages and dance parties and blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> I am like getting hammered by myself and like crying and <laughs> sobbing and being so happy and excited. And I go to bed and then I wake up in the middle of the fucking night, not to make this about myself. And John was like, <clears throat> I got a text from John to all of us that was like, shit went down last night. And it was this whole story of what like actually was happening. So mm-hmm. after birth, you were fine for what, two hours? I don't know exactly. I would say one or two hours. Yeah. Something okay. like that. And um, we believed that <laughs> um, I had not delivered Killian yet. We thought that Killian was still inside of me. Um. And so, and, you know, you can't just, like, leave shit in there. <laughs> so we we were moving forward with, like, we need to labor and only, like, a third of my placenta delivered. So we were, like, we're assuming Killian's attached to the rest of the placenta and both of those need to come out. So we started taking steps to make that happen. Um, laid on the bed for a little bit while my midwife checked me out and she was like, okay, she has this birthing stool. Um, which like imagine almost like a uh, a cashew is the mm-hmm. seat so you can sit on it and squat essentially but your vagina is in this opening where you can deliver things um, and the whole front of it's open um, so she was like I'm gonna bring the birthing stool in and we're gonna have you deliver Killian and I was like okay which was this whole emotional thing because it's like fuck here's the Killian moment you know mm-hmm. um so I'm on the birthing stool and I'm pushing and I'm pushing blood's coming out 
Um, and like there's like membranes from the placenta, but nothing else really coming out. And so she starts like pulling on the membranes a little bit. And then she's like, okay, let's have you like lay back down. And um, let's she, like, let's not go into too much detail because I don't yeah, probably. want to upset anybody. So basically what happened, I, I can do this. I can do the short gist. Yeah. So basically um, you started bleeding really, really, really badly. Yeah. Yeah. So I started hemorrhaging is mm -hmm. what happened, um, which can happen. She's trained to deal with it. Um, when you hemorrhage, they administer Pitocin because that stops the bleeding or slows it down. And she did that and it was getting worse, not better. Um, and at this moment, we were already like, let's take me to the hospital because we could not get everything out. And we knew that we had to go to the hospital for that. So we were just going to transport me in a car but then the hemorrhaging got really bad. Um, so my midwife instantly called 911. Um, I guess like an hour later they got here um, and I was losing a lot of blood. And um, they basically like took the sheet off of our bed to pick me up and set me on a stretcher. They uh, raced you to the hospital. Yeah, with with a pit stop at the airport because they didn't have enough Pitocin. So they had to meet up with another ambulance. So wild. Um, Meanwhile, John is left at home because he's told he can't come to the hospital. Yeah, no and one's allowed because COVID. So he's stuck at home an hour away with a newborn baby as you're bleeding out and being rushed to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Bleeding. And and he's not getting like any updates or yeah. anything like that either. And and granted, I will say like the midwives and the journalists were with him. He wasn't like fully alone. They stayed with him. Okay. Um, and my midwife was like in direct contact with the hospital um, for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, and you're aware. That's the fucking traumatizing thing for me is like you're hearing things and, you know. Yeah. It was pretty bad and like any and like we don't live on a smooth road so like anytime we had a pothole or whatever i would hemorrhage more and like anytime we had a pothole it would kick me into a contraction and every contraction i would hemorrhage mm -hmm. um but yeah so we eventually get to the hospital and like this is one thing i'm mad that we didn't factor in is like the cutoff threshold or whatever is you have to be within an hour transport of a hospital well we were within an hour one way but when you're waiting for an ambulance to come out, then they have to do stuff at your house and then you have to go to the hospital. It ended up being over two hours. Right. Um, so we get to the hospital and they <coughs> rush me into the OR and it's like instant, like I needed to have a DNC, which is a common procedure they do with like miscarriages and stuff. They basically like blend out your okay, uterus. Okay, Jamie, 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 come on. Okay, I don't know. Okay, um, well, you know, let's be mindful. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I have this procedure and um, it almost turns into like a full hysterectomy, but they were able to not do that. And yeah, I ended up going to get mad at me that I just got sister mad at you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I just can't handle like gross details. That's the only thing. So you can't well, say there's, like, there's not blend. There's not, there's not plenty pleasant details about this part of the story. I know. I'm just like I don't want to make it a whole fucking thing. Otherwise, we had a terrible podcast already, Jamie. We can't have a terrible rest of the podcast. 
Okay, so long story shorter, I lived. I lost over 50% of my blood. I needed, I think it was like over 16 transfusions between blood plasma platelets. Um, I was hospitalized Wednesday night and we came home Saturday night. Um, they eventually let John and Seamus up that night. And um, I think they got there at like 4 a.m. maybe or something. Um, well, and it's also like, think about it. This is what I always think about with John is like, he probably wants to get there as fast as humanly possible, but mm -hmm. as slow as humanly possible, because it's the first time getting in a car with his baby. And his baby's like an hour something old, maybe not an hour, but like five hours old, four hours old. Yeah, well, and also like our midwife drove him. Oh, um, that's good. And stuff like that, too. He wasn't like all by himself. Mm -hmm. Um. And once I was like, and that's also why I'm coughing too, is because I was intubated during the procedure. And didn't they tell um, you they like fucked it up? Yeah. Yeah. They really struggled getting it in there. Apparently scratched the shit out of the back of my throat. Um, and I was told that like longer procedures, you have like a wicked cough even longer and stuff. And it was over two hour procedure. Um, Would you say you were saved in surgery? Absolutely. I've asked so many doctors that too, of like, was this a life or death situation? And they were like, absolutely. Like, you know, the, y you show up a half an hour later than you did, you wouldn't be here kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and I, I do, <coughs> I do want to say in general too, like, this is not the fault of a home birth. No, I, no, I no, do no. believe that this is the fault of us choosing to do a home birth so far from a hospital. Right um but every doctor said that so what happened we did actually deliver Killian in the pool what happened was two-thirds of my placenta did not detach which causes hemorrhaging um very long story shorter mm -hmm. and um uh so even if I were in a hospital I would have hemorrhaged I would have needed the procedure things like that I just wouldn't have lost as much blood. Basically. Right, right. Well, and I think that was like what was so wild is that we wake up the next day and we're like, she's where? What happened? John had to experience what? Because didn't they tell John like she's not going to make it? Yeah, so they got an update. There was one nurse that was like, has anyone updated the husband? And everyone was like, no. And so she called, but she didn't have a lot of information because um, this was still like, probably not even halfway through the procedure and so he was it was like well what can you tell me and it was like well not much just she's still in surgery and all she said was like um she's losing a lot of blood <laughs> not she lost a lot of blood she is losing a lot of blood um and something of like it's not looking good or or they were like is she gonna make it and she was like I don't know yet or something along those lines mm -hmm. I think it was that um and then they like and this was on speakerphone with the midwife so then they get off the phone and him and my midwife are like that didn't sound good <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's not very promising sounding and then he didn't get he was sitting there with that reality holding a newborn living in the middle of nowhere not by any friends or family with two dogs um being told that and uh didn't get another update i want to say for like an hour and a half or two hours that was Ugh. like yeah that's like horrendous jamie, yeah jamie's out of surgery she's stable um and i believe that's when they gave him permission to com come up 
and then uh, I eventually got my own room at the ICU and I woke up or whatever and um, like one of the first things I did was like uh, I had a phone in my room but I like couldn't move or anything because I had a million things hooked up to me so I had to have someone like hold a phone up to my face and had them like call John and he was like 15 minutes from the hospital or something mm-hmm. my god I know this story and I'm still shocked by it I mean, and from our perspective, we're like, can anything go fucking well for them, please? Like, Jesus, can anything just, like, work easily? <laughs> like, you guys really fucked. I said that I said that verbatim, like, a million times, just sobbing. I was like, can't we just have, like, something easy with this fucking thing? And then even since then, there's been, like, little medical decisions we've needed to make here and there or whatever. And doctors are like but it's a really rare chance that would happen and we're like everything this fucking pregnancy was the rare chance like twins rare ttts taps s-a-u-g-r like all of this pregnancy yeah all the postpartum shit like all of it rare (laughs) what is that small woman doing i think she's throwing away dirty diapers she looks like looks like (laughs) a little man (laughs) just creeping in (laughs) well i feel like one of the question takeaways for me would be um would you do an another at-home birth no um just because too far our well definitely not here but i i think I'm like non-negotiably going to do a hospital birth, whether medicated or unmedicated, I don't know. But um, our doctor made it pretty clear that since this happened, it's probably gonna happen any um, following pregnancy if we're even able to get pregnant again. Um, So we would want to be like ready to dive into addressing the situation. Did you, did this turn you off to kids? No. No, I mean, I really want a huge family, but um, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, Seamus is so fucking cute. I know. Like, he's so perfect. He really is. And I keep thinking it's, like, biased, but then I there's, like, so many people reaching out to me who have plenty of their own kids that are like, you have the cutest fucking kid. No, you literally do. I mean, look at this. It's just truly painful how cute this motherfucker is. Oh, here's, here's my background. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I love that picture. Yeah, me too. We're both just sharing pictures of Seamus and none of you guys can see it. <laughs> Bitches, that's what's up. <laughs> I mean, just go to my Instagram. You'll see both of them. <laughs> well, Jamie, very heavy things at the end of this, but I feel like I have so much respect for you that you keep sharing all of this with everybody because I'm sure there's a lot of people drinking that haterade saying that you should keep this shit to themselves. And that is fucking stupid because I've seen all the people who are writing you who are saying, please keep talking about this because you're making me feel better. And I just went through this and I didn't have anyone to talk to about this. Um, That's definitely been like the biggest drive for me is I've had plenty of conversations with John of like, either am I sharing too much or should I stop sharing this? And then we'll get a message from either someone you went to high school with or someone who lives halfway across the world who I've never even met before that's like 
I felt so alone going through this until I read what you shared about your experience Mm -hmm. kind of thing and it's just that that's like I don't know I feel like in general whether it's you know pregnancy related or not we really need to like humanize the human experience which is all of it not just the highlight reel Mm -hmm. I agree and I love it I love it the way that you guys do that to be honest um okay so I do have I don't know if I want to listen to this podcast (laughs) just I feel like uh we're boring (laughs) Jamie we're this is the most boring podcast on the planet I know and people can't tell who's talking yeah well I don't know I kind of have my raspy man voice going on today yeah, and I'm trying to have a little bit more inflection because I feel like you have no inflection. You just kind of talk like yeah. this. And so I'm, I'm very to, monotone. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to add in a little bit of inflection so people can <laughs> I obviously don't talk to people a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so final takeaways that I think that people really need to understand. One is that when I was visiting you, you were out and you <laughs> said... You called me and you said, can you please check to see how much milk we have in the fridge? I was like, sure, but how much milk can someone have? Like, and so I thought you meant how much milk is left in the carton. Okay. Like give it a shake. Right. Mm -hmm. So I open up and I take a carton out of the door of the fridge and give it a little shake. And then I was like, oh, wait, there's another one. So I was like, you have two milks in here. <laughs> and you said, we have way more than two milks. In there. Check, the, check the bottom shelf. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, wait, there's three, four. I bend over and I'm like, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> we had eight cartons of milk. And you said, oh, yeah, we definitely need more. And this one, do not divide by 70. I do think she's correct in this one. So it was eight milks. I know very specifically that it was eight milks. And I was so disgusted. And you said, oh, yeah, we definitely need more. Like, I was like, you're fine on milk. Okay, so two things. I was pregnant at the time, heavily craving milk the entire rest of my pregnancy. B. So hard you said, oh yeah, we definitely need <laughs> two. We live an hour from town, so you can't just like pop to the store to get more milk. Right. Well, still that was hysterical. And then the yeah, other talk thing about haterade. Jeez. You guys are like, yeah, you guys are like the king and queen of board games. And so yeah. every time I hang out with you, I love being there because you guys have the best games every time I go there. Do you like how I said every time? Yeah, I know. When you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, all of those time. <laughs> but like, I always am jealous that you have so many board games, I should say. So when I got there, we were making a plan. Like, what board games are we playing? When are we playing them? What's going to be? And then you got board games. Like, we, it was just board game central. We went through like 18 board games in like six days or something again she's not making up that number we did count how many games we played in the week she was visiting or whatever yeah it was something like on average like three board games a day or two board (laughs) games a day for three weeks straight or something like (laughs) so there's this game that jamie has that she calls the bird game and it's called wingspan 
and she was like we have to play this game it's about birds and you learn all these bird facts and you lay eggs and you build a nest (laughs) (laughs) and you have like flight patterns and like powers (laughs) and i was like I'm not playing a game about birds. And she was like, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love the bird game. So I play, I succumb and I say, fine, I'll play the fucking bird she game. She was kicking and screaming too. She was, she well, she was like, I wanna play this fucking game because there's no way it's that fun. Let's just play it, get it over with and we can play the fun games. And then I kept saying, there's no way in hell a game about birds <laughs> is fun. <laughs> like I have no interest in birds whatsoever and now you want me to play a two hour extreme the instructions are next level it takes you six and a half days to learn the bird game instructions itself yeah i will say it took john and i like half a game half a day to figure it out but once you know how to play it it's like an hour okay so we play the bird game and your girl got addicted mm-hmm. <laughs> and now i love the bird game i fully get it and honestly i felt so upset leaving Jamie's one because your place is stunningly beautiful but mm-hmm. second I was like I miss the bird game so yes I am coming back in four days two days after this comes out and I am coming because of Seamus but I'm also coming because of the bird game she keeps texting me like four more days till birds and it's like <laughs> and Seamus <laughs> I mean, let's get real okay so um have you ever listened to my podcasts with guests Aha, no, you didn't. On the spot, no. (laughs) Okay, so we play a little- I just pushed a human out of my vagina, okay? I have stitches going to my butthole. Okay, so we do a little personality game at the end. Um, It's really quick, it's really easy, but- I'm an Enneagram 8. Okay, dial it down. So- (laughs) (laughs) I want you to tell me what your favorite animal is, and it can be dog. <laughs> it can be any animal on the planet. Dog. It can be an emu. It can be a flamingo. It could be a seal. It could be a specific whale. It could be an urchin. Nymeria. <laughs> My dog. <laughs> My dog. <laughs> okay, so you have to give me three adjectives. I feel like I've read about this before. Three adjectives, any adjectives? Well, okay. I would hope they correspond to the dog. Oh, does it, is it supposed to? Yeah. Oh, okay. So three adjectives with the dog. Three descriptor words that are different from each other to describe the thing in which you chose. Okay. Um, I would say adventurous. Mm-hmm. she's being really cute right now um loyal Mm -hmm. and cuddly okay if anybody is listening to the very end and you've listened to my other ones you know where we're going okay so the next one is tell me your favorite article of clothing and it can be your favorite article of clothing like i want to put that on every day because it's so comfy it could be i love how i feel when i get dressed up and put that on or it could even be nostalgic like i don't wear it but that is like my favorite article of clothing hmm well i just went through like 
five months of not wearing my typical clothes. But I would say probably like, huh? So yeah, I guess that's true. You haven't really like worn your clothes. So what do you miss the most that you used to wear? You know, probably my baggy holy jeans. Okay. And same thing, adjectives. Comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Why do you like just, it so much? I just keep thinking of the word comfortable. <laughs> okay, well, well, why else do you like them? Um, well, if you keep coming back to them, then they're probably always good, you know. Um, what's the... Uh, Would you like to buy them? I'm, I'm blanking on a... What, what's the... the Mom, best, go away. It's the best podcast I've ever... We're almost done. I feel like I'm home, like like mom and dad's home kind of thing. <laughs> this is my house. Um, what what's the like gender version of ambidextrous? Like I like it because it's not like super girly, super gender manly. neutral. Gen- yeah, sure, gender neutral. Okay. And one more. The gender mm. term of ambidextrous. <laughs> Such a weirdo. <laughs> Um, okay, so I do like that they're comfortable. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I could dress them up or dress them down. Oh, versatile. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So the last one is what's your favorite body of water? And that doesn't mean do you prefer a river or an ocean? That means what body of water? So if you say the ocean, where are you when you're looking at the ocean? If it's a river, which one? Is it a stream? Is it a cup of water? Like, what is it? Oh my god. Um, does it have to be a specific? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. It doesn't. You don't have to name it though. But you can say like, I have a, I have this one particular one in mind, and I remember exactly where I was standing. Favorite bottle of water. Um, okay, there was a river in Maine, but I don't remember what it, it might have been a lake, but um, <laughs> now, that, now that I think about it, it might have been a lake. Are you sure it wasn't Vermont? <laughs> no, it was, it was in AmeriCorps. Um, <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't in Vermont? No, it was in AmeriCorps. <laughs> Okay, lake, maybe river in Maine. Yeah. You can visualize mm-hmm. it. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm in it. In it, I okay. Took, I, took, I took a photo with a waterproof camera. Three adjectives. For that? Oh my God. <laughs> no, man. A lot of homework. Okay. <laughs> um, I'd say um, calm. Mm-hmm and spacious <laughs> okay <laughs> <This is funny. laughs> it is an adjective for the situation okay mm-hmm. and but you like the okay all right no because i swam out to the middle of it and there was no one around me just trees along the edge okay spacious yeah yep <laughs> 
um, was the water like bumpy or was it smooth? Was it chill? Was it fun? I don't like those adjectives. It was was in nature. Jesus Christ. Natural in nature, something like that. Natural. Okay. In nature is what I'm trying to say. It was surrounded by trees and you're outside. It was really pretty birds flying around. You're gonna love this quiz. Okay. <laughs> what did I write? I feel like we're kids again doing Cosmo. That's exactly what this is. All right, you ready? What sex toy should we buy? <laughs> okay, so the animal that you choose is representative of how you view yourself. And you said but it, that doesn't matter. It was adventurous, <laughs> loyal, and cuddly. I am cuddly. I can throw a hard cuddle bar. Okay, well, that's cool. The way you describe <clears throat> your favorite piece of clothing is the way you feel others view you. And you said comfortable, gender neutral, and versatile. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm scared for the last one now. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> I'm spacious. <laughs> don't, don't worry. The way you describe your favorite body of water is how you view sex. <laughs> spacious, calm, and in nature. <laughs> hey, does this quiz know me or what? <laughs> What does spacious mean? I like having my space. I don't want to be in a cramped spot. That's why we get out of the van and go into nature. You mean pee? I said it's how you view sex. I know. That's what I'm saying. What? I said that's why we get out of the van and go into nature. Oh, I thought you said I don't want to pee. Oh, Oh, never mind. I heard you wrong. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm not talking about peeing. That's another you quiz. Go, you should go do that with um, John. Yeah, totally. Text me because I'll forget the details. I will. Well, thank you for being on the most boring podcast episode we've ever been, oh, but wow. also the most jam-packed with all the information. We talked AmeriCorps. We talked van life. We talked whatever this, oh, trying Jim to conceive. i hope he listens i I would he's my ideal client like he's he's my demographic he's my person we talked about carrying twins we talked about your childbirth we talked about your freaking traumatic fucking birth um just so everybody is clear also we talked about talking about it beforehand i don't want anyone coming to me saying that i forced her to talk about something so the last thing we're going to do one. I do one... not want to have this conversation at all. I'm all right, Jamie, That's really? You're pinning That's me against for it. <laughs> one final thing we end with rapid fire. So I'm just going to name some things. Oh, so... this stuff stresses me out so bad. I know, and you always choose the worst thing. So do better. I know. Do Everyone's always like, like, like uh, word analogies or whatever. And they'll be like, hot dog. And I'll be like, Sebastian. <laughs> okay, well, that's better. I did it with Sarah York. And she would just say, yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, ready? I'm scared. First one, bird game. Cards. Next one is crunchy. Cinnamon toast. Shrimp. Cinnamon toast. (laughs) Kombucha. Bubbly. Milk. A lot. (laughs) 
in-laws. Uh. <laughs> okay, tequila. Oh, uh, old best friend. <laughs> New Mexico. Home. Nymeria. Oh, best friend. <laughs> Seamus. The second best friend. Well, best friend. <laughs> All right, Jamie. Well, thank you for joining. I feel like as- I can't believe you asked Sarah York about Seamus. <laughs> i kidding. A different list. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, honestly, thank you for being on here. If anybody is still listening, congrats on being able to tell us apart. <laughs> if, you're, if you listen to the end of this, contact me and I will donate money to a charity in your name. Seriously. <laughs> How much money? I'll split it with you. If you listen okay. this far, we will both throw in $25, so $50 to the charity of your choice. Well, I'm thinking per person, so maybe like $5. No, the first person to say something. Oh, the first person. Yeah. No, I'm saying anyone who makes it to the end. But Jamie, people could contact us in a year. What if I don't have $5? <laughs> then I say, this then week, the end podcast. of your podcast. Take the podcast down. <laughs> Yeah. Local host goes bankrupt. People make it to the end of her podcast. These stories episodes on average get 750 listens, just so you know right now. Okay, fine. First person. The first person, we will donate 25 a person. We will donate to the TTTS Foundation. There you go. So if you make it to this time, tag us on your Instagram stories that you were listening, and the first person that does it, we will donate. And you have to specifically say that you made it to the end. Like oh, what? You, you, no, you, let's give him a code. Let's give him a code word. Code no, word, code word. you have to say how I responded to Seamus in the rapid fire. How did you respond to Seamus? I said second oh, best second friend. Second best friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hashtag second best friend and yeah. tag Jamie and I on your Instagram story that you're listening to this, and we will donate fifty dollars to the TTTS Foundation in your name. Oh, yeah, right. Your name and Killian's, but yours too. Okay, well, yeah. We need to know your name, though. Jamie. (laughs) Don't you want to eat dinner? Yeah, mom keeps standing in the doorway going. (laughs) For those who can't see, she makes a creepy face and acts like she's eating a plate. (laughs) All right, well, thank you so much. And special shout out to Sam Valentine, who has to edit this. (laughs) Yeah, you fucking have fun. (laughs) <laughs> all right jamie guess who's you. never gonna be a guest again okay. <laughs> no, you, love you. i'm gonna give i'm gonna give awards for best and worst podcast guests of the year well at least i get an award <laughs> yeah i'm gonna make you a trophy all right no i'm kidding you really are great so i'll see you soon and get the bird game yeah. ready and i guess yeah. Seamus. him too come along afterthought <laughs> And that's a wrap on the Daily Hype podcast for today. I hope that you enjoy this and I hope you come back for more. Thank you guys so much, by the way, for the reviews. That is so big for a podcast. And listen, if you're not reviewing, at least you're sharing this with your friends. You're telling me that you love this. You're putting this on Instagram. It means the world to me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see you next time.